Citizen of the Toronto Blue Jays joins us later on. Any, anything anything new on the uh, Twitter sphere? Anything move? Any new signings? I don't know. No. You tell me. I'm not on that. No. Do, do, do. You're the show leader. What? You're the show leader, so read it. I am sure it. I'm not the show leader. It's Blair and Barker. I'm Blair. He's Barker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any any good stuff out of John Heyman or any of these guys? I'm just mm. looking at the latest tweets from the National Writers. Chris Bryant, Colorado. Mm. Huh? Not going there, but but, oh. <laughs> but just Heyman just says that uh, Trevor Story might go back. There's been some uh, some conversations with. Him. Um. I don't know where Chris Bryant... Chris Bryant's a fascinating guy. I don't know where he ends up. Uh, the Cubs apparently are going to sign Jan Gomes. Hmm. He has got a two-year... This is according to Craig Mish. Two years, $13 million contract with the Cubs. So I don't know if that means Wilson Contreras ends up being moved. I like Jan Gomes. I do too. Young, like young, young pitching staff. Puts, puts fingers down, can block, does it with confidence. It's what you need when you're trying to re, retool or whatever they're trying to do in Cub land. Yeah. See, it's interesting. I thought a guy like Ian Gomes is exactly the type of guy that probably wouldn't sign, that, that wouldn't sign until after the new CBA is in place. Because uh, as we've talked about, if if the game locks down at 11.59 p.m. Players are going to be in a hurry. ton of players. Call, calling their agency saying, let's go. Mm-hmm. The Jays' biggest splash this offseason has been made, and no disrespect to Jimmy Garcia, but has been made in the starting pitching market. They've given out their two biggest pitching contracts in club history, uh, signing Jose Barrios to an extension and coming to agreement yesterday with Kevin Gossman on a five-year, $110 million deal. Uh, Effectively, the Blue Jays, Decided to sign Gosman when plan A, Robbie Ray, didn't work out. And uh, again, as I said, full credit to the Blue Jays for pivoting right away and not getting caught without, without having either of their options. Mm-hmm. We know Kevin Gossman's a guy they've spoken to in the past. We know that last year there were some discussions, although Kevin Gossman decided to take, the, uh, take an option and, and or, I'm sorry, decided to accept the qualifying offer and stay with San Francisco. We know that the Jays' analytics department have done a real deep dive into Kevin Gossman. We know that the Jays in brackets, have been interested in him ever since he was with the Baltimore Orioles. And we also know that Kevin Gossman was very upfront with the Jays and said he was quite comfortable uh, coming here. Sean Estes is a San Francisco Giants TV analyst. He is, of course, a former Major League pitcher as well. He joins us on Blair and Barker. Sean, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself today. We we trust that you're doing well. Um, what did the Jays get? You had a chance to see this guy. What are the Jays getting in Kevin Gossman? What's up, fellas? Um, well, you're getting a guy that is a two-pitch guy that really introduced his slider a little bit more last year uh, when the split wasn't there all the time. Um, he can be dominant at times. Uh, he's a guy that is going to eat up innings. Good clubhouse guy. Going to take the ball every fifth day. Um, like I said, he can be dominant at times. The first half last year is about as good as I've seen any pitcher at any point in my career while I played or or now that I've been in broadcasting. Uh, it was just dominance, and it was really dominance with two pitches, fastball split. Now, 
all of a sudden the split disappeared for a while. Hitters started to recognize it a little bit more. He became a little bit more vulnerable um, because he turned into really a, a fastball slider guy where a slider is his third pitch and it wasn't as effective. So he had to make some adjustments. Um, he did. started using his fastball a little bit more effectively. Uh, he likes to ride the 95 to 98 on our fastball up in the strike zone, gets a lot of swing and miss out of that pitch. Um, and that's why that fastball split combo is so solid, fastball up and then split down. Hitters started to recognize it. You know, analytics, you know, you're not hiding anywhere. Hitters know what you're going to throw. They know your tendencies. They know how what, what, what pitch you throw at a higher percentage and a different count. Um, so you can start looking. You know, you can take educated guesses, and, and you can start guessing a little bit on what he may throw in a certain count. And it's that whole theory as a hitter, if it's, you know, if it's high, you know, let it fly. If it's low, let it go. And that kind of seemed what the approach was for opposing hitters with that split, which I thought he made a nice adjustment with the fastball second half of the year. And he started using that more effectively, commanding it more all four quadrants to strike zone. And in essence, you know, got back to the form that he had in the first half. So, um, I think, I think you guys are going to love him. I think the fans are going to love him. He's going to go out there. And like I said, um, He's going to eat up innings. Uh, he's, he's a guy that's unflappable on the mound. Got a very good, um, you know, poise, very, very good poise to him. No matter what, he's a hard worker, and, and I think that uh, it's going to be a big hole in that giant rotation uh, this upcoming season. And I think the Blue Jays did their homework on this guy and, and gave him what he was worth. Do you think uh, him coming back to the American League East for the second time, he's better equipped this time around with the stuff that you've seen to be successful in the American League East? I do. I, I think that the back, back Giants really did some things mechanically with them, with the split, um, you know, even really with the fastball. And, and you talk about spin on the fastball, talk about, you know, spin rate's a big thing now. And, and the Giants have a way about, you know, they, they I don't know exactly what they're doing there, but it seems like every free agent pitcher that they get coming off of a down year or an injury-plagued year, uh, they find a way to turn them around and get the best out of those guys. And, and they did that with Kevin Gosman. They made him trust in that split. There was times, there was games this year he'd throw it 60%, 60%, 70% of the time. Um, and so that he's a different pitcher because of that pitch. Also, I think that with the slider, he started. He had to throw it a little bit more in the second half when his when his his split disappeared for a couple games, and it gave him a third pitch that he could have confidence in. Um, but he's going to rely heavily on that two pitch combination. But now he also has the confidence where, if the split isn't working on a given day, he does have the slider to go to if he needs to. And I think he has conf- more confidence now in his fastball. Believe it or not, he's a guy through ninety eight, but he really didn't have to to locate the fastball. So. He's, he's learned how to locate the fastball. He's learned how to run it up in the strike zone. So I think that's just going to play, uh, especially in the in the AL East, where you, you have a lot of deep lineups, a lot of power in these lineups. Um, but so far we haven't seen a, a swing that has been able to uh, – and it's kind of funny to say because we were always taught to throw the ball down when I pitched, but there isn't really a swing right now that can really get – you know, can, can elevate a 98-mile-an-hour fastball up in the zone at the top part of the zone. Now, if you miss a little bit lower, yeah, it gets knocked around a little bit. But, you know, he's got, he has the ability. He knows. He knows where letter high. Ball has a lot of carry through the zone. So I think that, I think that fastball will play in the, NL, in the AL East. 
And obviously, you know, when he has his dominant split, it plays anywhere. What, what you I think he just gained a lot of confidence the last couple of years pitching in San Francisco. For yeah, sure. whenever you dig into his stats, you see against lefties, they're hitting somewhere around 200 off him. Did you see a different approach? Was he pitching more in with hard stuff? Was that splitting just that much better in years past? What did you see against left-handed hitters? Well, he's also got, I mean, I always, it's hard to see by the naked eye, um, he has a changeup, and he throws it almost the same way as he does his split. Uh, he throws it more for strikes, though, or the split he wants to make look like a strike and end up a ball out of the strike zone, get the swing and miss there. So um, I, the changeup that he'll throw, and we, I, I, you guys will watch him this year, and you don't know if it's a change or a split. It has a lot of the same action, but he will tell you that a changeup is the pitch he'll throw for a strike. The split will be he'll try to throw most of the splits for out of the strike zone. Um, that was a big pitch for him against lefties. And any lefty will tell you that a good changeup from a righty down and away is a tough pitch to hit, especially when, you know, you have to sit on his fastball because he's got 95 to 98. Um, did he pitch in more? I don't, I don't necessarily say that was something he did. I just think that he had the ability to command the split, the changeup to, to left-handed batters. And he kept them honest with the fastball. Um, but I also think the fact that he was able to elevate the fastball too. It, it's tough as a hitter when you see the when you have to sit fastball at 95, 98, um, and 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 you see it coming to the top part of the zone. You know, you you it's a tough decision you have to make, right? Um, is it gonna is it gonna stay a strike? Is it gonna dart out of the strike zone? Is it gonna be the split that falls out? I mean, you have to it's tough to make up your mind. You don't have a lot of time to do that. So, um, you know. I felt that he used the fastball up against lefties well, but also he mixed in enough changeups to lefties to where if they didn't see something that looked like a fastball, they weren't going to lay off of it, right? So he could throw a, 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 a change for a strike. Um, so that was an effective pitch. And, and against righties, too, every once in a while, you know, if the split wasn't feeling right, he'd throw some changeups for strikes. So it's tough as a hitter. you got to make up your mind, you know, if, if you're going to swing the 95 or if you're going to take it, and assuming it's going to be a split. But if you have to throw enough off speed in the strike zone, I think it keeps the hitters honest. I think that's what I saw against lefties this year because he was really effective against lefties. And in the past, I don't think, you know, coming from Baltimore, I don't think he had a lot of success against left-handed hitting in the past. In conversation with Sean Estes on Blair and Barker. Uh, interesting hearing you talk about the splitter and everybody talks about his splitter. Look, Sean, I'm old enough to remember when the splitter was a thing, right? Guys, you had a lot of splitters. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. Well, and I mean, listen. I'm sure you. Same thing when you pitched. Guy, as a splitter was like it was part of your arsenal. Is that pitch going to come back? Do you think? Has it ever gone away? Uh, and 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 do you think it might end up coming back? You know, there may be more emphasis on north south compared to east west. I do see it coming back, and and, and I think the reason why it left is because you saw a lot of guys, you know, being injured with that pitch. I mean, Roger Craig was a pitching coach for the Giant or the manager for the Giants back in the day, and he was a pitching coach before that, and he was a guy that really taught the split. And back in the mid '80s, um, and then guys were starting to run into elbow injuries. Now the elbow injury isn't as big a deal, right? I mean, you get Tommy John, you come back, you know, you're you're 100. percent uh, there wasn't that surgery back in the day for a split to really kind of be the security blanket. If you threw a split, you're going to get hurt eventually. Uh, guys don't care as much now, but uh, it's a great pitch. I, Gosman, you know, and that was the big thing about Gosman. The guy that threw a split so much, you just felt like eventually he's going to run into some elbow issues. 
And, you know, his answer to that was he doesn't throw like a conventional split where you actually split the fingers between the, the index and the middle finger. He throws it more like a fosh kind of grip um, where he feels like it doesn't put as much strain on the arm, yet he's still able to get the same action. He has a pretty deep split. Back in the day, um, our, our pretty, you know, he has a big split between the fat, our big velocity change between the fastball and his split. Back in the day, it was, okay, you threw 90, 95, your split was going to be 90. It was a hard pitch, had a little less movement. Gosman's ver, uh, vertical break sometimes is about, is about a foot, foot and a half on that split. So it's a deep split, and he throws it more like a fosh, and he doesn't feel like it puts a lot of stress on his arm. It's a pitch he doesn't throw a ton between starts um, because he just feels like that it's a, it's a pitch that, he has a really good feel for when he now when he loses the feel for that split which we saw this year the second half of the season at times then he will throw he does have confidence that he can throw it in between starts to get the feel back and still not put the stress on his arm um, so yeah I do feel like that maybe a different grip will come into play with the split um, and also like I said guys aren't as afraid of, of an elbow injury anymore uh, than they were in the past it was usually a career-ending injury. Um, with that split, now guys go get fixed and come back, and they continue to throw that pitch. So I do see a comeback with the split. I believe Berrios, the guy you guys just signed uh, or extended, he, I believe he has a split as well that's pretty nasty. So um, there's a couple guys in that rotation that you're going to see a lot of vertical break on with this year. There'll be there'll be a couple of young guys in the rotation for the Blue Jays. Is, is Kevin one of those guys that will share information? You, you see some older guys been around who sort of have reinvented themselves, who keep that – to themselves. Is he one of those guys that will share information with other pitchers and his staff? Without a doubt. Great team guy. And it's the reason why the Giants want, I mean, I'm sure they love to have him back this year. I just don't think they were willing to pay what the Blue Jays paid him. He's a great clubhouse guy. And that's something they're big on character in that Giants clubhouse. They don't want to destroy any type of chemistry that they've created. They bring in good guys. They bring in guys that want to help each other win. They bring in guys like a Kevin Gosman that can take a Logan Webb under his wing like he did this past year. And, and, and Logan Webb, we saw what he did. He's either going to build around him in the rotation for years to come. Uh, the guy's filthy. And, and Kevin Gosman had a lot to do with that. Just, a, you know, starting pitcher, talking to him every day, really helping him find his way in the big leagues mentally, uh, you know, obviously even physically with, with just, you know, certain, you know, trust in the fastball. You know, you know Logan Webb, you know, he's a sinker guy, but he, he has a four-seam fastball that he learned to trust a little bit more this year up in the strike zone. Kevin Gosman, a lot to do with that. Uh, yeah, he's a great sounding board. He will be a great sounding board for young pitchers because if you think about it, he's been around for a long time. He was a high draft pick, a lot of expectations. He's been on a bunch of different teams. He's filled a bunch of different roles with those teams. Um, he's faced adversity. He's been through pretty much everything, pitched out of the bullpen, starter. He's been really good. He's been really bad. Um, and now he's settled in in a place in his career where he feels very confident in who he is and in his abilities. And I think now just based on all the experiences he's had in the past, uh, he's a perfect guy to handle young pitchers and, and a guy that he can – uh, he'll fit right into that clubhouse. He'll be a guy that those guys really lean on during the season, especially when things get tough. Sean, really good of you to join us today. Terrific insight. Thanks so much. Great stuff. Okay, guys. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good year. Thanks. Thanks. Thank, Thank you, me. man. That's Sean Estes, Giants TV analyst. A terrific insight on, on Kevin Gossman. That is interesting about throwing the Fosh fastball, which is, I mean, my understanding of it is 
you know, the index and middle fingers are, aren't spread as much uh-huh. as they are in the regular regular splitter. And, and as he says, um, you know, uh, Kevin Gossman's point of view is that it uh, it alleviate it puts less stress on his arm than uh, the other splitter. But it it really is <clears throat> it, it is intriguing how how common well how common that pitch was when you played. It was a common pitch. You you saw it, didn't you? Yeah, well, I, I would think, listening to Kevin talk, you know, whenever you read things about what how he holds his split finger, you would think the further away your fingers are, it would be harder to, to control it. Mm-hmm. You want to make it look like a strike as long as possible, and then it dives off the table. You want it to look like a fastball. It's different mile per hour, but you want it to look the same. You want it to have the same spin. If, it's clo- if his fingers are closer together, He'll be able to control that a little bit more and make it look like the way he wants it to look and keep it in the strike zone. Because if I can't, if if a pitcher has a really good pitch and can't make it look like a strike, he doesn't want that pitch to be a strike. Because a bad one, if he elevates it, that's a BP heater. What can a hitter do? He can create backspin with it because he can get the bottom part of that. And when you create backspin, you can get it in the air and hit it a long way that way. He's just trying to make it go where he wants it to go, I think, and make it look like his fastball, just a different mile per hour. And the reason why I ask if, he, if he'll share information is Alec Manoa working on changeup. He mm-hmm. would be a guy because no Robbie Ray, if you remember Alec Manoa and Robbie Ray were joined at the hip all the time. It's sort of that different set of eyes, a guy that's, I don't want to say similar to Alec Manoa because Alec's more of a, I, I think my fastball is better than, then you can hit it, then I'm going to throw it until you show me you can hit it kind of guy. And then he'll, you know, if when the slider's working, when the changeup's working, when he does have a good changeup, he'll throw those pitches. But I just think that different set of eyes, and if he can say, okay, grip it this way, maybe make it look this way, for, because Alec Manoa is one of those guys, for me, if he, if he just develops a third pitch to give a hitter a different look, then what's he going to look like? That's the whole thing. So that, that'll be an interesting look. When when fans of the Blue Jays are watching, you know, they're always panning over and they're always standing together. Who will Alec be standing beside? You know, Ryu, he's fans of him and they have conversations that way. But having that same guy that's sort of similar, that maybe he has a pitch that you would like to work on, that would be a neat conversation to take you out to a whole different level. And if Kevin's willing to give up information... Because you would think so. You know, he's sort of at the end here. This will be sort of, I would think, the last deal that he, a legitimate deal. Five, five years, 110 is a lot of money for a guy that's that Kevin's age. So you would think this would sort of be that little last big-time, you know, deal that he's going to get. And you would think he'd be willing to give up information. It'd just be, they're always talking. They're always hanging out together. They're always down there when that guy's getting loose that's pitching that day. Just be a little interesting conversation and an interesting look for, for fans to be looking at. If uh, you're wondering about Kevin Gossman's splitter, uh, he threw more of them in 2021 than any other pitcher in baseball. He is in the top 10 in swinging strike rate on pitches out of the zone. And uh, he got well over half of his strikeouts using the splitter. Yeah. So that is, uh, and, and it doesn't walk many guys. Pitch, pitches per inning went down for him. That was the big deal. That's what they always talk about. How you go deeper in games is you be aggressive. You want action in the first three pitches. But it's easier to do that in San Francisco. you got that giant park. It's cold all the time. Wind's blowing always. Very hard for hitters to go. Wind's blowing, you know, from right field. I don't want to hit it over there. So you take pitches as you normally want. How's that translate to the American League East? Now, I know he's been here before, but it's a different pitcher. He was a sinker slider guy. Mm-hmm. When he was here before, now he's more of a strikeout guy. He wants to punch you out. 
How's that going to translate in the American League East? That'll be the thing I'm looking at. And will he have enough confidence in those two pitches to attack his own that way? It's like Sean said, he doesn't throw 99. It's 94-95. 94-95 is like 84-85 now. All these hitters have seen that. So it's that how do you make it look early in counts that you want action? And if he can do that, now we're talking. Well, the guy who will be catching Kevin Gossman this year is Danny Jansen, we assume. He is, of course, the Blue Jays' number one catcher, solidifying his position with a really good late-season run. He's one of our favorites. He's going to join us next. Danny Jansen will join us. This is Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. There's always something sort of satisfying about talking to baseball when it's snowing outside. I, I've been in, you know, it's funny. I've been in winter ball over Christmas. <laughs> I, got, I don't know why that's why funny. That, why is that funny? Because it's snowing like crazy here. and It's not snowing like crazy. Why it's snowing enough. Wow. It's cold outside. It's windy. Ah, I'm just going to remember. When not Wendy? The guys in the studio there are... Shaking uh, their head like this is nothing? You're, you're not getting a lot of... There's not a lot of sympathetic... No, there's a lot of shaking uh, the head, scratching the heads. Oh, uh, they're... they're. I'm just saying. it's You're making it sound like it's... Yeah. It's... It, it's, it's cold, Jeff. It's not... Oh. And it's windy. Anyhow. We'll have to talk about Winter Ball at some point. Spending Christmas in Winter Ball. <laughs> what was the best Christmas party you had in Winter Ball? No, hold that thought. We'll talk about that later. Don't want to waste time. Not that it, talking about your winter ball career is a waste of time, yeah, but we have yeah. Danny Jansen on the line, Absolutely. so I don't, I don't want to. Right. I, you know, I don't want to waste the, the the time that we have. Danny, thanks so much for joining uh, Kevin and myself, and I apologize in advance for that uh, you had to listen to us <laughs> proud along. No, like I, I I love it. Keep living, it going. Living in the past, Danny. Living in the past. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, it's good, 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 good. Just here in Florida, working out. And uh, that's really it. Uh, the Jays have added. Now, we know that they've added a couple of pitchers so far, and uh, Yimi Garcia and um, and Kevin Gossman. Of course, Robbie Ray and Stephen Matz, uh, Stephen Matz have left. I'm, I'm wondering if you've had a chance to to talk to any of the guys who've left or 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 Kevin Gossman, just to kind of, you know, hey, welcome to the team or, or you know, thanks for all you did. I, I'm just wondering if you've had any back and forth with those guys and just kind of what you're thinking right now as you look at this 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 rotation and this bullpen yeah um i've talked to robbie i talked to uh simeon and uh and matsy you know i talked to all three um you know those guys were were such big parts last year and you know obviously uh wish them all the best and i you know congratulate them on 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 their new signings and all and you know just soaking up what i learned from each one of them and um you know, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll see Robbie when we play Seattle and all, and and we'll see uh, we'll see Sim and stuff, see him down the road. But yeah, man, it was just a, it was a pleasure. So try to soak up as much as I can from from what I've learned from him. And then I actually just met uh, just met Kevin here. He was I'm at the complex right now, actually, and 
it was good to meet him, man. Awesome guy, and uh, really looking forward to to working with him. Super stoked. Uh, you know, without giving away state secrets here, when I, I know that some organizations, when they get into the off season, they will send video to their catcher and say, "Look, these are guys we're looking at," and kind of. What do you think about it? Uh, how would you work with them, et cetera, et cetera? Again, no state secrets here, Danny, but did the Jays do that with you? And, and you know, what do you know about Gosman, the pitcher, Gosman's stuff, his, his, his pitch selection and things like that? Yeah, no, not a whole lot. Uh, nothing really before something happens, right? And then after something happens, um, you know, with, uh, Matt Bushman's down here and Pete Walker's just a text away and stuff like that. So, you know, let's chat about it. And I like to look at and do my own research and, and kind of just really uh, – you know, really just dig deep into that. But, you know, I know that he's uh, he's obviously coming off, you know, two great years, and, and he's proven durability, you know, with uh, 33 innings or 33 games started, 34 at one point. And obviously he's got that devastating splitter, and he's got a, you know, fastball. He runs up to 97, 98, and he's got good command. He's got a slider he mixes in too. So, um, no, I'm just going to keep watching video and keep talking with him. And, uh, you know, obviously when whenever you know, spring training comes around and, and, uh, you know, we're getting to know each other more. It's just that communication that I've always you know, preached that's so important. So it's just kind of hitting the ground running and seeing what I can do beforehand. Daddy, what's the most difficult thing about catching a guy that has a different pitch? Kevin has a split finger. You just mentioned it. That's not something you <laughs> normally catch. What's the most difficult yeah. part of that for you as a catcher? It's just going to be, you know, getting to see that kind of like the visual aspect of it behind the plate, you know, because it's got some serious bite. So it's, it's kind of just, you know, working on it, probably doing some blocking machine, blocking work off the splitter, uh, off the machine and stuff, just to kind of get used to that, used to that action. But it's just going to be the reps. And, uh, you know, and, and obviously you can locate it for strikes. Um, but it's also a wipeout pitch, too. So you've got to be on your toes right there. But the more reps, the easier it becomes. Danny, uh, last September, I know you don't know these numbers, but you had six doubles and three homers. You drove in, what, 12 or twelve runs. What what did you take from what, – what, what can you take from September into this offseason that will make you a better mm-hmm. offensive player going into next year? Yeah, I, I just kind of had always made tweaks to my approach. Now, I, I really think that um, in September and stuff, you know, coming off of two injuries and, and – uh, just trying to, you know, get back into the swing of things. But I also, you know, one of my strengths is pulling the baseball. And it's, I think it's just being more aggressive um, on that note. And it's um, something that I'm going to gonna try to master. And obviously, I, you know, I want to hit the ball the other way as well. And, and that will come. Like the last home run I hit to right field was one of my first mm. career home runs to right field, you know. And I'm working on just getting the head out and being aggressive. And, and next thing you know, I'm hitting the homer to right. So something's got to be right there. So, um, yeah, so it's just being aggressive. And it's just kind of simplifying things. And, uh you know, I've learned a lot over the years, especially, you know, through struggle. I've always, I've always trying to learn the most through struggle. And, uh, you know what, I feel like I've, I've kind of learned about myself more and more. And, and finally in September, it kind of clicked for me. So I'm just looking to, to improve, always improve, but just kind of pick up where I left off there. For, for young people that, that don't really know how to stay with your strength, you mentioned your strength is pulling the baseball. How would you in the off season work on that? Is there certain drills? Is there... You know, is it a mindset? Is it you know, plate awareness? Is it what you want to swing at? What, how would you work on that in the offseason to be who you want to be when it comes season time? Yeah, um, you know, in the offseason for me, I, I'm not necessarily just pulling everything. I'm hitting the ball to the right field. I'm trying to drive it to the right center and up the middle, is, you know, especially. I think up the middle is, is great directional with everything. And, and there is, a, you know, I think it's a proper way to pull the baseball. You know, one of my, one of my things that, um, that I've cleaned up in September and I'm going to keep working towards is my front shoulder and kind of keeping it in line with 
center field and not not you know pulling it open because that that's an improper way to pull the baseball in my opinion. So there's definitely ways to do it, and it's I think that having the work to center field and you know being aggressive on that it, it makes me a better pull ball hitter. It's just um, doing the doing the drills properly, where it's just kind of throwing the hands and, and staying closed with that left shoulder and not letting it fly open. So there's proper ways to do it, and I think it's just kind of mastering that, but also. You know, I am working on hitting the ball the other way too. It just it just makes you a better uh, better hitter and cleans up your mechanics. So, um, still always working on that too. Hey Danny, I'm just wondering because you are in the, at the team's complex and there there are some guys around there. What are guys thinking as we get close to the uh, you know to 11:59 p.m. Wednesday and the expiration of the CBA? Like, are, are guys going about their business? Have uh, yeah, have you guys made plans? Maybe if there is a bit of a lockdown to to have group workouts. Uh, I mean, uh, how how much of your time has been spent kind of uh, planning for that possibility? Yeah, I, I think just the planning aspect of it is important, right? Just because you know, if it does happen, that you got to be prepared to to not really miss a day or lose a step, and and so yeah, you know, obviously people have been talking about it, and it's something that you know, I mean, nobody's really majority's gone through, so it's. Definitely a strange time, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's just me communicating with, with, you know, with all the players here and stuff like that and kind of figuring out, what, you know, where's the, the best place we can go and we can hit together and do some workouts. So, yeah, that's definitely been a, been a topic for sure. What, what you've seen from your side uh, as being a catcher from Alec Manoa, how do you think Alec Manoa in 2022 can take his game to a whole different level? Yeah, man. I mean, he, he obviously had a strong rookie year and, he, you know, he's learned a lot, I can tell you that much, and, and – but the guy, like I've always preached, he, he, you know, he's, he's fearless. He's up there. He's going to pitch inside. He's got the movement um, to get some ground balls. And, you know, I think that it's, uh, it's just going to be mastering his game plan going forward in 2022. And, and uh, having the experience of, of facing guys, especially in the AL East, is always going to be important. And um, he's just going to you – know, he's always looking to, 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 to improve. He's a workhorse. And uh, he's, uh, he's going to come in great shape, and he's going he's gonna to be ready to roll. Danny, what? Last one from us before we let you go. We do appreciate your time. Uh, Jose Barrios has signed that extension here. Look, he's going to be a major part of this team going forward. He is going to be, obviously, he's going to have a huge impact on the rotation as well. What did you learn about him last year? Yeah, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I don't think I've ever faced him when we played the Twins. So um, coming in, you know, I, I uh, you know, working with him behind the plate, I wanted just to, to have that um you know, just just to hit the ground running, and, and and to do that, you know, looking at some video and stuff, and then communicating with him, and then once he was in there, man, when I caught him, he he's nasty. You know, he's got the sinker, he's got the four seam that he throws up in the zone, and the slider, and the changeup. So he's got the great command, and he's competitive. He's super competitive. Um, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of people are, most people are, but uh, he definitely got that edge where where he wants to go out there and, and have the ball in, in tight situations, the big situations, and he's got a stuff. So couldn't be happier for him. Couldn't be happier for us just having him and uh, locking him in like that. So super excited for him. Danny, we are going to let you run again. We appreciate your time. Stay healthy. Uh, hopefully, if there is an interruption, it's very, very brief. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we don't get a chance to talk to you, have a good holiday season, my yeah. friend. Be well. Thanks, Danny. All right, guys. Yeah, you guys too. Take care. Take care. Danny Jansen of the Toronto Blue Man, uh, you, you listen to Danny talk. The, the, just just the thing about the split finger, and he's going to go with the machine and, and work on blocking the split finger. And and his front shoulder. Uh, when you want to be a pull hitter, the, the that's why I asked. Him. I wanted to okay. I'm I'm just going to jump in here because I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to ask you about that because you're the one who, you know, when we would talk about Danny Jansen, would say, you know what? He's such a good defensive catcher. Just 
go up there and give me some home runs and whatever happens happens yep. you know yep. and 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 hit eighth hit ninth or whatever be the good defensive catcher block balls out which he's very good at yep so t- talk to me about that because he said something interesting i think a lot of people think that when a guy talks about going up and pulling the ball i think a lot of people think it's just it's all it's all effort and it's all strength and there's really nothing, you know, it's like you're just going up there and gripping and mm-hmm. ripping. He says there's a right way to pull the ball and a wrong way to pull the ball. So I, as as someone who could hit, yeah. can you explain that to us? Well, it's it's a lot. Most of it is what you swing at and what you don't swing at. Now, now Danny can't pull every single pitch that he that he sees. He, he can't do that. So it is about plate awareness. That's why I asked him about that. It's about what, what you're swinging at, having an idea of what you're – best approach is and he talked about the front shoulder and and i find that so interesting most young people who are trying to hit and are trying to find their their way when they they think about pulling a baseball the first thing they think of is either clearing the front hip or throwing the the front shoulder out and that's a no-no why that's a no-no is is got to remember higher levels you go you're using wood Wood has a sweeter sweet spot. So to have length. What do you mean by sweeter sweet well, spot? Okay, Bigger, well, smaller? Or? It, it is. Like the like an aluminum bat, you have a better chance of getting a hit because okay. the sweet spot in that bat is longer. Like okay. you, you can miss hit a ball and still get a hit. You do you miss hit a with a wooden bat, you're either breaking your bat and chances of you getting a hit because of the shift, it's just not very good. Right. So to pull a baseball, his thing is is I want to get a good pitch to hit. I want to keep my front shoulder in. Why he thinks that and why his mindset is up the middle is length with his barrel. Remember, that wooden bat has a smaller sweet spot. If he's diving and opening up the front hip, the barrel's not staying in the hitting zone long enough, and he's hitting the ball off the end or he's jamming himself. So just thinking of I want to drive this ball up the middle adds length to your swing, keeps the barrel in the hitting zone longer, which allows you to hit the sweet spot on your barrel more often. The more times you hit the sweet spot, the better chance of you got the ball going where you want it to go, which is to the pull side. So I just, just to hear him say that because of where he came from with Ryu, remember the conversations that we had beginning of last year was all oh, I'm zoom calling mm-hmm, Ryu. Mm-hmm. I have to get the fingers down. I got to, if he, if he got doesn't swing at this is next to bad. I got to throw this. It was all about how I get him through games. It's not that anymore. It's just, it's not about that. Now it's, he knows he has to do things on both sides of the ball and to do that, it's the right mindset. And I will say this, and I'm going to say it more than one time. The best thing ever happened to Danny Jansen was you never want to wish anybody getting hurt. But him getting hurt, getting sent down, and actually being able to go to AAA and work on his offense and just have a different mindset. That mm-hmm. When he comes to the big leagues in September, he can have six doubles and three homers and 12 RBIs and hit almost 300 because now he saw it working in the cage in the minor leagues where he doesn't have to worry about the fingers and you know situations and when I'm putting this finger down. It's all of the things instead of going, okay, I, I'm a halfway decent hitter. I can bring something to the Blue Jays offensively if I just have an opportunity to work on it. And he went down and just to hear him say that, it got, gets you excited. Yeah, it really does that he's working on it that much and he knows that much about his swing. You know, and, I, and I always tell people, if you, <clears throat> if you go down to spring training and you're lucky enough to spend time around guys, the amount of work that catchers do. Huh. I'm talking, I'm talking like physical labor. 
the amount of work a catcher does in spring training between, uh, you know, this is going to sound stupid, but they like their equipment around from field to field. Uh, Most of the time they, in spring training, they have a cart that will drive it to where they want right. to go. Well, sometimes but you get your point. Yeah, I mean, you're, you know, you're not, catchers don't spend a great deal of time standing around with they their don't. fingers up their ass in spring training. Uh, no, they don't. They, they're, there's, they're always doing something. They're in the, they're in the, Cage working on their swing. They're in the pen. I mean, there's defensive drills and all that. Um, a catcher's workload is is something else. And your point is so well made about going down to AAA and being able to be Danny Jansen, comma, hitter. Yeah. Because he's catching AAA pitch. And I'm not saying that he's mailing it in because, you know, Danny's not like that. But the point is the emphasis when he's down there is getting healthy, getting back, and working on that Ryu swing. Wasn't working in on that swing. Exactly. Exactly. So then he comes up in September and working with Ryu and working with the pitchers. I mean, he, he's kind of a veteran by now. So he's not going to come up. He's not going to forget how to catch Hyunjin Ryu because he was in AAA for eight weeks no. or however, however long it was. He's just not. Uh, so then he comes up. That part of the game is good. And he's feeling good about himself off, offensively. Yeah. And we keep getting back to this. Uh, we know what the organization thinks about him. We know what the pitching coach thinks about him. We know what the pitchers think of him. Like, there's, there's a reason this organization is, has hung on to him. Give him credit. Uh, I, I, I give both sides. I give both sides a lot of credit here. But man, if he, you know, if he just, if he becomes that guy, great defense, great blocking, which, as you pointed out, is going to be huge with the staff now because Barrios, yeah. his ball moves a lot. Yeah. Uh, who knows what Who knows what Manoa is going to when when he develops into the, the pitcher he's going to be. He's sure. he's going to have stuff that's going to be cutting through the zone. Yeah. You know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be filthy. Uh, Ryu with you, know, you got to think along with Ryu, and then now you got Kevin Gossman, and, and I find it interesting by the way that Kevin Gossman's at the complex right now. The Jays have not formally announced his signing, mm-hmm. but Kevin Gossman is in the complex. Ready to work. I think it is a good thing. Not uh, a bad thing. Yeah, it's. Uh, there's going to be a lot in his plate. But if Danny Jansen can do what Danny Jansen does defensively and give me 20 home runs, I'm Look, taking that. It, it, it took, it took and me. And be competitive. It took me getting sent down in San Diego whenever I was a brewer and I got sent down when we were playing San Diego. I got sent down for me to figure out who I was at a hit, as a hitter. And it was too late. But they, Danny Jansen has an opportunity to now know who he is and – Give, again, give the Blue Jays credit. He was hitting a hundo. He couldn't yeah. hit water if he <laughs> fell out of a boat. And they gave him an opportunity to work out of that. Now, again, I will say this. Sometimes you get a little lucky, mm-hmm. and he got hurt at the right time. I don't want to always say that, but you can say it, that he got hurt at the right time and sort of went away, and the Blue Jays forgot about his woes at the plate, and then he went down, and he fixed things. Mindset-wise, I am who I am. I'm not a guy that's going to think line to line. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I'm going to think early in counts. Get a good pitch that I can pull. Get the head out. Keep the front shoulder in. And if I can do that, because I can create backspin, and I'm sort of forgotten hitting in the eighth or ninth hole, maybe yeah. I get some good pitches to hit because they don't want to put me on base because Springer is leading off now because he's healthy. It's. I just think for now, it's right now they're in a good spot when it comes to Danny Jansen and what he brings and, and who he can turn into. And I'll say it, uh, most organizations wouldn't have stuck with Danny, uh, yeah. especially when you're a team that's supposed to win. They're not wanting to win. They're supposed yeah. to win now. And you need every guy doing what every guy's supposed to do. The so Jays, you give everybody credit. The Jays are not going to be, are, are not going to 
be able to, to afford to have any passengers. No. They just aren't. Those, those days are done. Those yeah. days of, uh, uh, oh, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm mentioning names. They get the guys, they've had Brito and all these. I mean, those days are gone of, 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 of kind of caring. The, the Derek Fishers are gone. Yeah. And and I'm, then, I'm, I don't want to pile on Derek Fisher, but those days are gone now. And the, the idea of, well, maybe we catch, like, everybody likes to catch lightning in a bottle, but the idea of carrying a guy like that, those days are gone now. Danny Jansen can't hit 100 anymore in the big leagues either, and he knows it. And that's, yeah. you can you can hear it in his voice that he knows who he is now. He knows that when he went down to the minor leagues, he did something that clicked. We and talked about. the quicker about, it clicks, the longer you're going to stay in the big leagues. We talked about good D in power, Mike Zanino. You can make yourself a career out of that. Yeah, he's a good blocker, he's a good, good thrower, power. and he hits bombs. Uh, yeah, the Jays catching situation is that that's... Yeah, I don't think we're going to be talking about trades until after the CBA comes into effect, but that once we get on the other side of this, once we get on the other side of the CBA, uh, CBA negotiations, the, the focus will again be in the Jays catching situation yeah. because you have Gabriel Marino... And you've got Alejandro Kirk. It's it's an area of organizational strength. And again, you have Danny Jansen, who in September, uh, who, who would Alejandro Kirk catch? You know, Rob, he was Robbie Ray's personal catcher. Easy two two pitch guy. I'm setting up. I'm giving him a big target. I mean, Gossman would who, seem to be Gossman's a two pitch guy. Be a good blocker. Is he a good blocker? We've seen well, no. There you go. Lazy feet. There you go. I'm not <clears throat> lazy. Is the wrong word, but it's foundation's just not there. Now, right. I know he's working hard. I know he's in Florida. I know he's doing his thing down there. He's trying to lose weight. He's trying to get in better shape. I got all that. But who are you comfortable with him catching? No, Games that's, matter. That's good point. Putting the right fingers down. His guy's gone now. Do they need to go out and get a backup catcher? They need to go out and get – do they have a start? I would say Danny Jansen's their opening day starter, and he's going to get the bulk of the work. But when he ain't catching, you okay with Kirk? Kirk's a hitter first guy. All the guys that they got now, Ryu, he's a situation guy. He needs to know – He's not a thinker on the mound himself. He wants that catcher thinking for him. Now, he will think along with him, but he needs it, like, aggressively putting it down. Manoa's that I need it before I need it, right? I don't <laughs> need to be out here thinking it. Right. I need you to tell me about it. Barrios is the same thing. Ball moving all over the place. Uh, Ross Stripling, I guess. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Gossman, <laughs> yeah. like, there's – who's he catching is my point. Who do you feel comfortable with him catching? That's – That will be – that that is that is an interesting point, um, and I admit that I hadn't I hadn't necessarily I hadn't necessarily thought of it. But I just I viewed the catching situation again as an area of of, of organizational depth, and we already know what people think of Gabriel Moreno. Robbie Ray, because he liked to throw to Kirk, was a shoulder to shoulder guy, big target. I started at one mm -hmm. shoulder, it ends up the other shoulder. No matter what it is, that just simplifies it for Kirk. That simplifies it. I set up early, I give him a big target. I don't. Get skinny because I his stuff's so good he does he can miss and still get a guy out. That's the point here. All these other guys, like they're location guys, other than Manoa. Manoa's a here it is, see if you can hit it kind of guy because he's got that late little giddy up to his heater. But everybody else, okay, let me ah. let well let me ask you this then. We already know that if there is a lockout, we talked about this. If there is a lockout, players will not have access to club facilities. There will be no communication with trainers, coaches, managers, front office. I mean, there just isn't. It's, it's, there's a blackout. Mm -hmm. And we've heard Danny Jansen say that, and this is no surprise, right? Players, players, I'm sure they, I'm sure they know where they're going to be Thursday, mo uh, Friday morning if there's a lockout. I guarantee oh, yeah. you the players know right now where they're going to be. And they'll probably be together in some place. And everybody's got personal trainers now anyhow. So I'm sure, I, I would, I'll tell you what. 
I bet Bo Bichette and a bunch of guys have kind of figured something out right now. They're, they've got a facility they're going to use, and, and we're all going to be there. We're going to mm-hmm. try to work together and all that. But I'm going to ask you about that in the time we have left. Okay, you've got you've got Kevin Gossman, a new pitcher coming in. You've got Barrios. Um, are you concerned that the interruption in the regular off-season routine created by a lockout might impact the ability of the Jays catchers to 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 further their work with these guys or is it just a matter of you know Danny Jansen made an interesting point of visualization just catching the ball just getting down behind a plate and watching what the pitch looks like when it leaves his hand and when it and when it gets to your glove is that something you can overcome just by seeing pitch after pitch after pitch after yeah, pitch these guys are veteran guys he, he brought up an interesting point about blocking the split finger he's not trying to really catch it he's trying to block it depending on the count and yeah, he maybe he. I'm sure Kevin's got two different split fingers. One he could steal a strike with. One he eliminates hitters with. Uh, Danny Jansen will know that. It's. I think it's not the veteran guy. It may be the Alec Manoa. If he's working on a new pitch, he wants the catcher to set up in a certain spot when it comes to that pitch. How would you get on the same page when it comes to that? That's. Look, these guys are professionals. They'll they'll figure it out. But the more time you have with somebody, the more trust you have in, mm-hmm. in them because some of these guys in this rotation haven't been paid yet, and they want to get paid. So the way you get paid is you're on the same pace, page and you trust that guy. He's putting the finger down. He must know what he's talking about. That's the thing there is the trust. And Yeah, hopefully there's no interruption in spring training because you we've talked about you would like to see if if Alejandro Kirk isn't traded. You'd like to, you'd like him to have as much time as possible to get used to these guys. I just don't know who he catches. Who's he catch? All the all the guys that here that uh, Alec Manoa maybe. That's what spring training's for. That's what spring training is. But you but you want all of these guys with tons of confidence. You want you well, don't want to be messing and around. Yeah, and again, and Kevin, and you want to go to the World Series next year. Sure do. You, not about meaningful wanna, games in September. It's about and where, where does it start with pitching and defense? And yep. no better more defense than the guy behind the plate. Put the fingers down. You have to have tons of confidence. I'm not saying Kurt can't do that, but I'm saying that's a question now. Who's he catching? Danny can't catch every single one of these. He can't catch seven days a week. So who's he catching? Yeah. Uh, it's, again, these questions that kind of, and this is what happens in an offseason. Players join, players leave. New questions are are created. And, again, that's why I keep telling people, you're going to hear a lot about a lockout. As long as spring, as long as there's three weeks, somehow they manage to squeeze three weeks of spring training in before they start games. That to me is the most important thing. I don't care what happens after eleven fifty nine on Wednesday. I really don't. Get around February first, then I'm going to start thinking. All right, what are we looking at for spring training? Because we know we don't want to miss any regular season games. That's when I'm going to start. That's when I'm going to start counting down and thinking no, there has to be an Nothing answer. says that Kirk and whoever else, Alec Manoa, Ryu, Barrio, Stripling, Hatch, Gosman can't get together and he catch bullpens oh, yeah. while, while this thing's going on just to see which way it's breaking and that's give what, him that's give what we're saying, the but. guy throwing it confidence that when they throw it, he's going to catch it and he's going to frame it and steal strikes. And if they bounce one with two strikes and run on third base, can Kirk block it? We appreciate Danny Jansen joining us. Great and uh, as I said, hopefully whatever labor interruption there is will be very, very short because we do enjoy talking to Danny Jansen. We do enjoy talking to the players. And we are just a little bit excited about the upcoming baseball season. I can't either. For Kevin Barker, I'm Jeff Blair. Thanks for joining us. You have been listening to Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fan, we will be back manana.